Welcome to the I Love Edmonton Real Estate podcast. My name is Jason Scott. Today I have with me uh, Dustin Vitu. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So the purpose of the show here is to provide people uh, with information on the Edmonton market. You're a uh, Edmonton real estate agent. You're well experienced. You do a ton of business. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. The way I got tossed into real estate was in 2003. I was uh, 19 years old and on record probably one of the youngest guys in the city at the time. And more or less of a fluke in terms of how I got into the business. was going to school at Grant McEwen, met... uh, happened to meet who became a friend outside who was uh, doing some uh, course upgrading. He used to be a realtor and he had been in the business 15 years and decided to get out for what personal reasons. And uh, eventually I found out really well that uh, I was not fit to be a doctor or an engineer. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided real estate after I started uh, doing what's called cold calling for uh, another broker in town and just kind of got a taste for it and decided what else am I going to do at 19 years old? Now, that in itself is a challenge, right? You're 19 years old. You probably don't own your own place yet. You probably looked like you were 15. (laughs) And that's exactly it. That was the exact quote two customers told me when I got out of my 1980 Sierra. And my best blue jeans, they would make jokes. And uh, sometimes I wouldn't even be able to get to the front door without somebody saying this is a joke and getting in their vehicle and leaving. So... My down point in that business is I remember having to pawn off my TV and my couch in some cases to even put gas into my, uh, I think I was driving a Ford hatchback at that time and uh, just to go to you know, go to the office to make some phone calls and stuff. And I think it got a little bit easier whenever I made my first sale, but it was quite a process. It's, uh, I really had to live on a shoestring budget for three, four years before my face kind of melted into more of an adult look <laughs> you know <laughs> and you, you still look young yeah so you're doing okay. yeah thank you thank you how, how long have you been a realtor for uh licensed since uh august 2003 so if i did the math coming up well 13, 13 years, years. Yeah, okay. 13 gotcha years. so uh have you won any awards or received recognition along the way yeah in, in the last five years and stuff like that i've i've done a lot of uh community outreach and stuff like that through various churches and uh, net neighborhood empowerment team so, you know, I kind of serve the community through homeless kitchens and such like that. And then professional designations, I'm just constantly taking courses. And I've got a few what they used to call medallion club statuses, which uh, there would be a certain amount of houses you'd have to sell in a year. And then you'd get this uh, 5%, top 5% achievement. And I've been probably doing that consistently since about 09 or so. Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't like to flash it, though. But yeah. I mean, it's just, it's an award, but I mean, it's... You know, it matters, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those early days, you were basically dialing for dollars and trying to, to build a business. Mm-hmm. What sort of lessons did you learn along the way? Uh, let's say when it, when it comes to a lot of uh, real estate stuff is uh, budgeting money, uh, rolling up your sleeves and working, and basically not really hanging around too many negative people. Especially in my line of work, you know, your, your average realtor, he or she uh, has a bad month, so you... You kind of get caught up in that, and I figure that that kind of brings you down. So I stay around a lot of positive people, especially in my business. Tomorrow's always a news day is my my mentality, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen over the years, lived through the booms, through the bust, and made a lot of good choices and bad choices and such like that. And I think it's who you choose to surround yourself around, and uh, I think that really ultimately makes you into the salesperson you, you are. Right. Yeah. You know. Good advice. Do you do much uh, reading or studying of self-improvement books? Stuff quite, like that? quite a bit. <laughs> a lot of books I read on sales and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, I always pick up new things and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of money, some money on training and stuff like that. And then I find actually I teach myself more with a lot of, uh, what we call them rookie realtors, guys who've been in the business, maybe less than two years, always answering questions. And sometimes I find myself even teaching myself, Okay. you know, bringing up things. Um, I mean, with sales and stuff like that, it's, it's definitely mind over matter and it's the way you approach and how you uh, handle what people are really looking for. And honesty is probably one of the best policies, right? You do a good job. You're going to get referred and you're going to get friends asking you if, if that's not happening by after five years, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <clears throat> so when you first started out and you're fresh faced at 19 and you had spoken to this fellow who had left the business, mm. what was it that compelled you to stick in it when he was leaving? He's always, the good thing was, is that he always encouraged me and he said, you know what, you know, like, like I'm a likable person, what I was told, right? I hung around with uh, definitely older realtors, mentors and stuff like that, who just said, you know what, Dusty, stick it out, stick it out. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. So begrudgingly and stuff like that, you know, you just learn a mannerism, a professional mannerism that people uh, learn to trust quickly. And I've leveraged that. And that's basically how I stuck with it. it there was there was days I actually had to put up drywall and steel stud for a good five months just to pay the bills and then turn into a realtor at night. Right. So consistency pays off, as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of school of hard knocks mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. bootstrapping it and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> eh? Yeah. What was it that, uh, like, was there a specific deal or sale that mm-hmm. made you go, this uh, is it. This is my <laughs> calling in life. I have to refer to a client to this day that's still with me. His name is uh, Rob and his dad's name is Robert and they are well over six foot five, really tall men. Uh, They're a father, son, real estate investment thing. And uh, Rob, the younger guy, had always used me because uh, he, he liked he liked the younger guys because we would do anything that an investor would ask us. Hey, he wants to lowball something by 50% off. No problem, Rob. No problem. And to this day, we're still friends. I still help him buy and sell real estate and stuff. And uh, I will probably never, ever forget when he f- first started buying duplexes. You know, it's it's not necessarily that deal, but it's that client. He kept giving me some advice along the way. I asked him, I said, Rob, why why do you use me? He's like, well, Dustin, you know, you, you pick up your phone and you show up on time and yeah, you know how hard it is to find a realtor like that. And he would go on about other stories he's had dealings with with other famous realtors. I don't know, kind of took a shining to me. I maybe he felt sorry for. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was okay. I was selling houses, right? Yeah. So it was, it was all good. And uh, to this very day, yeah, still friend. Very good. He even came to my wedding. So what can I say, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. So tell me about the most frustrating day you ever had in real estate. Mm, if it was probably well, the day, yeah, the potting the TV, that one hurt. Yeah. That one definitely hurt. Oh my gosh. So, so you literally brought your TV yes, down to the pawn, a pawn shop. shop. How much did you get? 40 bucks. 40 bucks. Yeah. And what'd you do with the 40 bucks? Well, I put gas. Yeah. Well, I actually put probably 35 and then a $5 uh, McDonald's sandwich. Really? And I just locked myself in the office and uh, a little bit of touching on faith too probably did it and some encouragement in that community that I was uh, I was with. And uh, yeah, that's what I spent the money on. It, it, it panned out. Yeah. I also remember the last name Palm, like a palm tree. And uh, Junior was the first suit I bought and I went to their house and ended up selling them a house and their and their listing. Right. I was right around the time of Robert, and uh, 
Yeah, that 40 bucks was probably the best return on investment ever, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So, so it was literally your last $40. You mm-hmm. go get gas, you had a suit, and you land two deals. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it, all in the course of a week, and it was just persistence. And I wasn't letting go. And I think uh, my customers took me very seriously. I didn't use that as yeah. part of my sales technique. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, just the world's aligned. Yeah. And everything kind of worked out that way. And that was enough money to carry through for you know a month or two. And then, yeah. okay, now I know what to say. Now I know what to do. And uh, it became easier. So was there a specific lesson from that experience? Mm, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a lesson, but definitely a change in attitude. Okay. It was an attitude. And it was just like, you know what? You're going to get stepped on at your age. Yeah. Not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. And I found that out by reading more and more books, that it was really an attitude adjustment. Because if you had known me when I was a kid, I had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> so I don't have a chip on my shoulder anymore. But yeah, uh, yeah Lord, it was, uh, I would say that was probably, it was the attitude adjustment. Okay. Cool. Hmm. So you've been in the industry quite a while now. You've, uh, well, in 2003, Edmonton prices were a fraction of what they yep. are now, literally. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, we had a big run up, obviously, through what we call the boom. It's yep. still called the boom, even though it's a decade on now. Yep. You know, then we had a fall off and then a run up again. And yep. here we are now. So so what have you learned about the market in Edmonton over that decade? And it's so- it's a strong place because I have relatives in California, New Zealand, BC, Toronto, everywhere. Edmonton is ideally its own little planet. Now, if we are taking into consideration uh, our current recession because of oil prices, which has dipped, and uh, I have good friends of mine in Calgary also saw real estate. And the nice thing about Edmonton's little planet is I would have to probably credit probably the construction occurring downtown. Now, in my opinion, I think builders probably overbuilt for the area, which has kind of artificially drawn prices down a little bit more in brand new construction. But the ideal situation that has occurred with our ring road build and our projects, we have nearly $5 billion, I've heard, in construction, which is going to carry us over till 2019 downtown. And the construction and the hype generated around the uh, ice district and the arena and stuff like that has uh, truly made Edmonton stand out really on its own. I have got contacts in Vancouver and Toronto in oversaturated markets, and there's cash flow still for investments. Uh, Your first home buyer can get into uh, a reasonable property nowadays without breaking the entire bank. Edmonton is just, it's a well-priced community, and the advancements that you can make in this market still right now are just really, really good. Right. So I think Edmonton until, you know, whatever it be, the price of oil, whatever, carry through. It's, uh, it's, it's holding its own really well. Okay. Now, you touched on a few different factors that I want to pursue on that. So let's start with the overbuilding. Mm. Now, do you mean spec homes in general built by builders, or do you mean the building that has gone down specifically downtown? I would No, I wouldn't say downtown. I would think that uh, the outside suburban communities, uh, okay. specifically naming you know, southwest Edmonton especially. What I find that they did is that the price range got to a certain point where they were they were building spec homes, and I mean five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes. Now, when the economy, ideally the news, had said, "Oh, it's getting bad," a lot of those people that were ideally looking to buy homes, I think they held their cash. And I think that those outside communities, there's just they just overbuilt, and they got caught up on it uh, based on economic factors nobody really saw coming. Mm-hmm. We had all heard about it, but until it actually happened. 
So that brand new home market, uh, specifically over probably 450, I think is it's moving. But the promotions they've had to do to get these homes to move, you know, it's a fair opportunity for your person who's typically selling something three to four hundred to step up a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars cash in on this market. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, builders too have uh, had to open up their doors and be a little bit more realtor friendly. Some used to be, uh, even some of the uh, builders that I've worked with in the past that weren't necessarily realtor friendly or really change of attitude now, you know, just makes sense to work if you're a customer with a realtor. That's a good realtor is worth their weight in gold in this sort of economy right now. Right. Would you describe it more of a buyer's market? Absolutely. Uh, So heavily weighted towards buyers. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. The seller's market right now is definitely in the price range of I would probably touch and say 350 360 and under okay for single family homes so these single family homes to not be confused is its own piece of real estate it's not a condo or a townhome right if you have a decent well kept up well maintained property whether it be south north over a thousand square feet those are a commodity right now that is extremely hot if you're a seller right if you're a home buyer and if you're looking over 400 or even brand new construction, it is definitely one of the better buyers, how do you say, buyers markets than I've probably seen my entire career. Is that right? Mm-hmm. In that's my opinion. In, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can speak to the fact that, you know, I'm seeing new home deals yep. where, uh, you know, builders are agreeing to, well, A, discount mm-hmm. considerably. Be doing things like finishing off basements, etc. So, yep. you know, what I'm seeing sort of jives with what uh, you're saying. So. You know, better market still in the resale market for those prices of homes. I find with the brand new, when you factor into GST and basement development, landscaping, deck, fences, and stuff like that, because the communities are so dreary and peppered with, you know, construction dust and heavy equipment for five <laughs> years. Right, yeah. In my opinion, there's still better deals to be had in the resale market. Okay. And I think as the as city begins to expand, uh, those suburban areas are good. But I think in the inner reaches of the Anthony Hendy, a lot of those homes, I, I think we'll see a, a really good, more of a real estate spike in prices for the average person like myself at the stage of life where the house I'm going to be in is probably till I kick the kids out. Right, right yeah. And uh, I I think there is something to be said about location. You can't use location in Edmonton like you watch on Million Dollar Listing LA, Mm -hmm. where a certain uh, location is going to pay more than other. Popular neighborhoods in the inner city are still extremely expensive. And they've held their own through the recession and they still get bought up. Why? location near downtown core right. is very desirable. So you're talking, you know, the Stratherns, the Belgravias, yep. Glenora. Parkview, yep. yeah. All those areas, you know, uh, you, you pay, but when you get in, you know, I, I tend to find as long as the house won't sink you because of its age. Yeah. Very good investment. Yeah. And if you factor in your commuting costs mm-hmm. in terms of your time and wear yep. and tear on vehicle, it, yeah. it, starts, hey. it starts to. You know, and I'm sure you've been sense. on the white mud yeah. at five o'clock. December 21st, when a snowfall <laughs> rolls in, you know, 40% of the people out there maybe have, you know, winter tires on and you're on the freeway for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Get from one side to the other. It's, it's well, you know, you save money, but uh, there is something to be said about being in town. Right. Yeah. So if you were to look at your last, say, 10 closings, mm. are there any trends that you're seeing developing beyond the idea that it's a buyer's market right now? Uh, you know what? Because I deal with investment properties and the ups and the downs of buying and selling. 
a trend that is trending in Edmonton is you're finding a lot of people who are, let, let's look at investment, for example. Because the rental vacancy rate right now is so high, and because rentals aren't doing so well, there's a big market there that is starting to uh, sell to people where you can find a house and cooperate with the city to put in a legalized basement suite. That's a big market right now. The legalized permit on a legalized suite is definitely discovering its own price range. Okay. As much as six figures in some cases for the same home down the street. So you're saying a $100,000 difference mm-hmm. just for having the suite? In some cases. Right. You'd, you'd, you'd need to see what I'm speaking about to really understand, but... Well, this is a fully legal suite. So Correct. we're talking, you know, double drywall and, yep. uh, you know, two furnaces, hardwired. Nicely wire. renovated. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And these people that are buying them, I mean, you know, your basement suite, a legalized basement suite is worth more yeah. on the market. And that's, that's a trend I'm starting to see because I do have a lot of people who I've sold homes to over the last little while that starting to dabble in real estate. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's starting to catch on. Mm-hmm. So you go out there and you find the right house to put all the numbers together. And a lot of those homes are getting bought up mm-hmm. in three weeks. So I find that to be a big trend. And a lot of people right now are flocking to uh, East Downtown okay. to buy. I've had a couple of listings right within two block radius of the Arena District selling a matter of 16 days. Okay, to so my surprise in this economy. You're talking Boyle Street, Macaulay, Albert Avenue. Yeah, so. I would say probably still uh, west of the Ice District. Oh, west of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I you west. Said east. But around Grant McEwen. Okay. You know, and along around the hub and stuff like that. There's some beautiful things. Yeah. Some nice views you can pick up on there. There's a lot of buzz. Yeah. I Even people who aren't even interested in buying real estate are asking me about it. And it's, <laughs> it's like, well, I guess we wait and see. But uh, that's a bit of a trend, too. Okay, interesting. Uh, vacancy rates. Mm-hmm. So we're a little higher right now. Yep. Given you know the unfortunate circumstances in Fort McMurray, uh, one would imagine vacancy rates yeah. will go down. Interesting. Yeah. No. And I I I subscribe to that theory. Okay. I do because uh, you know there's for what happened to people in McMurray. I mean they they got to live somewhere. Edmonton's a very vo- you know it's a good option. Yeah, You know, there is, depending if you have kids or if you're single or something like that, because I think the vacancy rate is high right now, as compared to Fort McMurray, just what I know, I think it's a lot less to be probably living in Edmonton and hanging out here. There's things to do in the city. Right. Will that cause vacancy rates to lower? Yeah, I'm going to say a bit for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can see a couple of things happening. If you're if you're your average, say, uh, young couple or young family in Fort McMurray, mm-hmm. does it make sense to rebuild, or does it make sense to buy in Edmonton and you know whoever is working commutes to uh, Fort McMurray? You know, that's that's a very with a question like that. I would suppose that uh, I know people do the people who live in McMurray and have been born and raised and stuff. It's something familiar. Right, yeah. Home is home, no matter what. Home is home regardless, right? But if the commute is decent, you know, I do have a lot of clients that do work in McMurray, you know, gainfully employed in the the oil business, uh, chose to buy in Edmonton because the prices are lighter. They have also made the same claim. I I can't speak on their behalf, but there's just, I guess, more to see and do in Edmonton. Uh, They like to have access to the airport. You know, shopping is great around Edmonton. It's uh, lots to do. And uh, the winters, I don't know why, but it's, they've been drier. It's, it's been warmer. It's even a little bit warmer in Calgary than it is to Edmonton, Edmonton, McMurray. And that's what I was told. This is just based on what I'm 
selling homes to people. But uh, it's going to be an interesting trend to to see. But I, I, I do think that there's going to probably be a trend of people moving from McMurray to Edmonton and the outside surrounding communities like Spruce Grove, great community, St. Albert, awesome community, right. Sherwood Park. Like these are good communities right, where you got right. that smaller town feel. Right. Fort Saskatchewan. Absolutely. Would be, you know, geographically shave half an hour off the drive yep. to Fort McMurray. Oh, totally. Especially through the commute. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Gibbons, Bonacourt, Morinville. I mean, even Morinville. I'm surprised that more people aren't flocking out there. It's a, it's a good community. I, you know what? I was out in Morinville yesterday mm. <laughs> and it's the first time I've been out there in quite a while and I was astounded by the level of development out there yeah it's and it's a safe community i have a lot of good friends in morinville and uh it's safe there's a little hidden gem off of uh, morinville if you like more of the acreage style living called the cardiff too okay yep. yeah a lot of people don't know about it but it's uh surprisingly just a quick drive down the highway <laughs> right yeah okay good um okay so let's imagine that your nephew or a cousin or you know a family member who is buying a home uh or selling a home and you can't be their realtor, but mm-hmm. you you need to refer them to a realtor. What would you be looking for in a realtor? I would probably be looking for somebody that can actually pick up their phone when you call. If you leave a voicemail, that they call you back within the hour. I have personally acquired clients in the last couple of years just because I would pick up the phone or return a phone call within a reasonable time. What sort of feedback were they giving you on that? <laughs> They would phone said realtors off of signs or email and maybe something not back for a day or two. Now, I've heard that, but it's become very, very popular for whatever reason. Uh, The service of communication, maybe because I can't blame it on social media, but I tend to find that uh, a customer service communication, I would prefer to call somebody than text or email personally. Right. I like the voice to voice. I think that's... uh, that's being lost in today's culture. You lose nuance yeah. when it's just email and It's text. extremely important. And I've sent text messages and received text messages without trying to take offense, but sometimes they come off a little too cold. Mm-hmm. Emails too. Yep. Uh, so that's one thing I would be looking for is somebody who returns phone calls and actually picks up the phone, you know, within reasonable business hours. A reasonable business hour to me is nine to nine, Monday through Sunday in, in our industry. So. Yep. Uh, second feature is definitely a sense for deals and timing. Kind of leads on to my third point here is uh, personally, if 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 I had to recommend things, um, I'd be probably looking for an industry member that's been in the business for at least five years. Even looking at the mirror myself and stuff like that, you know, God bless the people that use me, you know, in the first couple of years and stuff like that. But it was a huge learning curve for myself, too, that I didn't really want to lead on to people to tell them I didn't have the answer to that. And that kind of comes with the experience, a sense for deals and sense for timing and stuff like that. Confidence builds off of that. If somebody looks at me and says, Dusty, you know, is this a good deal? They, most customers nowadays, they, they don't want the, well, maybe, you know, let's go to the computer. I think a definitive answers is from a real estate professional is, is very good. As long as they can back up their definitive answers with statistics, comparables, facts, mm-hmm. you got a good realtor. Right. That's so, who I would be using. Yeah. So, so you know, the deal aspect of it is... Mm easy to quantify or, or somewhat easier to quantify. What do, you, what do you mean by timing? Now, this is usually when it comes down to for listing properties. Now, I've always been of the opinion, I do a lot of phone calls to a lot of customers I've been in touch with, uh, maybe through the spring, summer and stuff like that. I tend to tell a lot of people because listing inventory, f- traditionally November, December, January and February is lower in Edmonton. 
if you always take into consideration your listing time, average days in the market plus poster possession date. So that's from the time somebody walks in and says, great, I love it. When can I have it? And you say 60 days. Timing is of essence. And where you see lower product in a certain sub-market, the demand obviously is higher. So that's what I mean by timing, right? So if I was to sell a home, maybe in an area where there's, oh, let's say there's 10 houses on the market and it's July, you know, that's that's going to demand probably a pretty sharp price. Right. However, if you have time to spare, by October, November, there's only two homes in that community for sale. And then by January, there's nothing. Well, to me, that's good timing. Right. If you have the ability to to use that time for your for your sale. Right. Now, for, obviously, some people can't. There's divorces or they're true. being relocated or true. whatever. But yeah. yeah, I take your point. But a sense of timing is good, too, also with buying. And I'm going to relate back to investors that I work with that, um, you know, we'll go to a loft building downtown. And there was a time, you know, in 2005 and six, where they had remembered, you know, that those units were selling one fifty, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. Now they're worth three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. Timing is everything. And I think if you put together with that, with your sense of deals and knowing again, after experience, what's happening in community, that's, that's a lot of power that a realtor should have. And I mean, ideally your customers, that's, that's, that's the experience they're looking for. There's something to be said about uh, realtors who are just plain old fashioned, nice people as they should be. They should be courteous. They should be respectable. They sh- I'm, I'm old school fashion, you know, until I know somebody by their first name, it's, it's sir and ma'am. It sounds ridiculous, but I think, you know, that common respect is uh, something uh, that every realtor's level should be. But it's the knowledge they acquire and the wisdom and uh, how to handle the deal after that is, you know, that's, that's what a good realtor is, right. in my opinion. Right. Just, right. Yeah, just thinking that. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, we're almost out of time here. So uh, are there any other last thoughts or comments that you'd like to add to wrap things up? Regarding Edmonton, you know, it's, it's a growing city still. It's a beautiful city, you know. It's uh, gotten the the word Edmonton, which is absolutely ridiculous based on the festivals and the big shows and acts we have in town. And I, I think this community is uh, really caught up with the rest of the world. And Edmonton is becoming a very well-known city. And in terms of investing, reinvesting back into your city or looking at buying and selling, uh, just try and keep in mind that the weather... <laughs> has nothing to do with whether or not a buy or sell should happen, but based strictly on need. I think that's uh, Edmonton's a good city and it's become popular no matter what time of the year <laughs> to buy or sell or anything yeah. like that, but great city. Hey, I, I do cross country skiing. I'm all about go. the winter. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got a five month golf season. So whatever, yeah. Well, you know, but you're right. And you know what? I think uh, like the river Valley, as an example, the city does not do justice to the river Valley when it t- comes to promoting it. It's an amazing resource. We got to get out there and promote it more. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And you know what? There's a strong, sense of community in Edmonton it's it's amazing to watch what people have in Edmonton you know reach their hands out to help the people of McMurray you know I know it's Calgary's doing their thing in Red Deer and stuff like that but because I just live around here I just notice it more mm-hmm. and uh, yeah you know what the, the attitude in Edmonton is really friendly mm-hmm. really friendly uh, it's, it's a great it's a great city right absolutely so when we were talking before the show you were talking about how you know you're out there doing nine ten deals a month that's huge. Those are huge numbers. Five to ten. Five to ten. Yeah, I stress out if I do. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, let's go on the low side. Mm. Five deals a month is mm-hmm. 60 deals a year. Yep. The average realtor does nowhere near that level of I have of no business. idea what their average is, but yeah. Well, if, if you do the math on the number of agents versus the number of sales a year, it's under five per year. I think it's three deals a year, right? So what's your secret to success? What's your secret sauce to get you that level of business? Consistency. Again, keeping with the old school mentality, you know, knocking on doors, phone calls, keeping up. The best business that I get is genuine referrals. So although it's literally impossible, 13-year career to call everybody every single year, you know, I, I try to really go the extra step. Like a lady yesterday took possession of a home that I sold her, and she has an electronic padlock in the back of her door. Uh, though the instructions are in there and stuff like that, she can't figure it out. So, you know, I've always kind of told clients after the sale has occurred, I'm like, listen, you know, don't be shy. If there's something you need, it's going to take me two seconds to go over there and help her figure it out. I I think people, I hope, recognize that, uh, you know, although it's a sales job and, you know, realtors have got the, uh, you know, are kind of falling into that industry of less respectable, just kind of there for the dollar and stuff like that. If you you do carry some compassion with that respect for people, I think that's going to, for my career anyways, it's it's really paid off, yeah. you know, and I think that's why I could do the five to ten, you know, genu- you know, on average and stuff like that. But uh, that would be it. I'm going to stop myself from talking because I think that's <laughs> the point. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Respect, consistency, mm. answer your phone. Yeah. Words to live yeah, by. Hard work. You know, it's, it's it's a good industry. It's It's an industry that I can't see myself doing anything else but. And uh, for customers out there, you know, respecting the realtor's time boundaries, it's nice to have. I make sure to let people know that, you know, there's one day a week, Sundays, I I like to take off. But if I take off a Saturday, I'm happy to help them on a Sunday, right? It's worth your time, customers, to uh, stick around and wait on a a good realtor than get frustrated because their time schedules aren't lining up and going to someone else. It's, you know, they're worth their weight and gold. Stick it out with them. All right, Dustin, thanks for your time. Hope you uh, finish off your year with a bang. Me too.